Welcome, Highfalutin Ski Bum Podcast, episode number 133. It is your pals, Mario and Brian. Mario, what's up? Check, check. How do we use these things? I don't, I don't remember. It's been so long. Oh, it hasn't been that long. <laughs> it's only been a week and a half. I know. It feels like forever. We're so used to doing it every week, right? Well, you know, the last time we talked, it was still sort of officially summer. And technically, I guess it's officially still summer. But after Labor Day hits, you know everyone starts thinking about the winter and skiing. Uh, so, you know, we consider it already, uh, already the fall. There's been a lot going on this week. So it's like a big whirlwind of stuff going on. It was kind of like, it was kind of like an enforced hiatus because we had a lot of shit going on. It feels very different than before Labor Day. That's for sure. Oh yeah. I know. It's just, everything feels very different already. But even in Florida, I've noticed the change in the weather. Football's going on. Like there's lots of different things happening. It's football season. That's it. We're in fall. It's fall, right? Uh-huh. It's been declared. Hear ye, hear ye. I think we're out of almost ski season and we're at pre-ski season. Uh, I I can't disagree. That's what I'm thinking. I think once football starts, that's the beginning of almost, of pre-season. Well, as we uh, will discuss in the uh, ski news, it is it's closer than we think. It is closer. That's right. So thank you everyone for listening. We really do appreciate it. Check us out, skibumpodcast.com. And for those who are true fans and for those who have keen eyes, you will notice there's a different logo on the website. Ooh. Yes, that is part of the soft launch, which is going to preempt the hard launch of the rebranded Ski Bum Podcast website, which is coming this month. So... Keep I think I'm going to put on Instagram a little question. Do you like the new logo or the old logo better? You can put the question out there, but I don't give a damn what people think. Because That's what I'm saying. I just want to know. Or just yeah. put the logo. We'll put some on Instagram just to, just you know to get what it everybody. Is? I just have a tremendous fear of disappointment and failure that if people are like, the new logo sucks. What are you guys doing, bro? This is dumb. Why did you do that? That would just uh, that would destroy my ego. So I, we can't go through that. Actually, we right. can. it's okay. We got we got we got to temper the ego. I, I get it. I'm with you. No, I think you should do that though because I I'm not even afraid of that because I think the new logo is super dope. I think it's a better representation of what we are and what we have become. I think it's simpler. I think it's more elegant. I think it's awesome. And I know it's going to appear on clothing in the very near future, which Ooh. I wait. I can't wait to get out there and start showing to people and, and hopefully available for purchase. Maybe it's available very, for, it's very possible in the next few months. We may have some, uh, some merch available. It could be Ooh. hoard out our merch. I've always wanted to hoard out merch. Hoard it out. It's always Just been a dream of mine. Hoarding it out. Hoarding it, it out. So yeah, check that out. Skibumpodcast.com. Hit us up. Skibumpodcast at gmail.com. We are on the socials on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. We are Ski Bum Podcast. We're also on SoundCloud as Highfalutin-Ski-Bum. And we are on we Pinterest, Pinterest as the Highfalutins. We have the interest in Pinterest. Yes. And we're also going to be more on YouTube now too. So we do this in Google Hangouts. We're going to do something um, with that. Either post just the audio with some sort of picture or, or image or something. Or maybe... This man, people want to see the raw it. version out there. Maybe have the raw version and then have the um, the proper, clean, edited version with the music and all that. Or what we might do because this new website's coming out and we uh, we're stepping things up in a lot of different ways. We may have 
our patrons get access to the raw version and then have everyone else just get the free version when we usually just post it. You know? There you go. We can pump in the music too. A little party action. Like That's that. true. We yeah. tried that the one time. It didn't work out so well. Oh, we can fix that. It's usually cleaner in post, but... So you have the studio. I'm building out the new studio here. Like we're going to have actual studios. So it'll be different. Yes. And again, by the end of next year, we have to have a, uh, a ski town studio, which yes. is all, it's part of phase. I believe it's phase three of the and intern and that free intern was still, we're still interviewing for that free intern. We need a free intern who has like a family who's got a ton of money and a dope ski house that we can just kind of set up and maybe, you know, bum out on for a while. But That'd hey, be, you know, podcast at gmail.com. Put in the subject intern bitches, intern, comma, bitches. That's right. The sassier, the better. That's right. Be sassy with us. We'll put you back in line. That's right. All right. All right. So, with that, let's kick it off. It's time for our pray today. All right. So, what do you got today? Uh, so, today I am favoriting. I am uh, going back to one of our favorites of um, Citizen Cider. So uh, I'm liking the Citizen Cider these days. Uh, we talked about him a bunch of times. We didn't visit him when we were up in uh, Burlington, but we should have. I thought, wait a minute. I thought we did. No, you're right. You know what? We went to Zero Gravity. Because I remember yeah. there was one that was a brewery that was associated with the flatbread place. Yeah, that was Zero Gravity. That was Zero Gravity. That was good. I think we had Citizen Cider out places but we didn't go to the uh the brewery you know what it's like two blocks away we're like too lazy to go yeah i made a, a terrible faux pas last time i was there went to burlington and i had the choice between going to the growler garage or foam and instead of going to foam i went to the growler garage and got a citizen cider which i learned in hindsight it was a horrible error on my part but again we live and, we live and learn. learn this we is how we learn. learn yep so i got citizen cider the unified press which is um they're tradi- t- traditional semi-dry um, cider, and it is really good. Like, I don't like anything too sweet. It's definitely got, like, a, a hinty apple flavor, but it has, like, that dry, like, champagne kind of um, feel to it. Uh, I, I was telling Brian, it's almost like a champagne. It's almost like a dry champagne, like a blush almost, uh, like a rosé. Wow. With a little bit of extra flavor but it doesn't have the bubbles like the champagne. I'm like, if it had like champagne bubbles, this could pass for like a, uh, like a sparkling wine. So it's not the, uh, the champagne of pain. <laughs> <laughs> the good old best champagne of pain. The champagne of pain. I like that. They should put that on the bottle. They really should. They should embrace it. Uh, so, th- so this week, speaking of best, uh, all right, let's, let me finish unified press. So, uh, no sugar added, never from concentrate. Um, the, the apples are from Happy Valley Orchard in Middlebury, Vermont. So they all come from the same place. Oh, nice. Um, pairings, pork, soft cheese, spicy food, smoked fish, rustic bread, and butter. I could see all that. Uh, ABV 5.2. Let's say rustic butter. Rustic rustic bread and butter. Okay. I was saying like, that'd be a great name for like a band. Rustic butter. Rustic butter. They're opening for Twiddle. Yeah, man. <laughs> We're playing one song, but it's going to be 46 minutes long. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a big jam. <laughs> uh, so they're saying this is their their flagship cider that keeps you wondering where your whole where you where it's been your whole life. So naturally gluten free and 
crisp, clean, refreshing. It is refreshing. I can see this on a nice hot summer day. Um, What's the ABV on that bad boy? 5.2. Nice. Yeah. So let's go back to the best. Uh, so if anybody... <laughs> Even like, like every week we talk about it. <laughs> but anybody hasn't heard, like since the Chicago trip, um, last week I was able... It, it was nice to unite uh, Brian and our buddy Rich with, with Besk and have them try it. Otherwise known in some circles as Malort. Uh, same stuff. But I was sitting there this week and I was like... So one of the slogans that they came up with was the champagne of pain. And I was sitting there, I don't know what I was doing, but I was like, I just got this off taste in my mouth. And I was just like, I texted Brian, I'm like, did you ever just get a taste in your mouth? And you're like, oh my God, it's nasty. It reminds me of best. Yeah. It's like I, uh, someone was paving the road outside and I just got that whiff and I'm like, oh, that's Malort. Burnt rubber. That's always, you know, yeah. pairs, pairs well with, uh, with grease and, and nails. I don't, I don't know. Crazy. Not good stuff. So I am having an Einstock Icelandic white ale. Nice. Now it says Einstock, but also Olgerd. So it's Einstock Olgerd. Oh, is that the full name? I guess so, yeah. And it's an unfiltered white ale and it's brewed with coriander and orange peel. And it's actually really it's pretty good. It's nice and refreshing. It's pretty light. Um, this is a, this has been popping up all over the place this summer. This was brought to me a couple weeks ago. And you can find that in like a local store. I've, uh, I found it a few places around here oh, in nice. cans and in bottles. This one's a bottle and it's, it's got a really nice flavor to it. Um, like I said, it's got the, the coriander and the, the orange peel, which gives it some, some spice and a little bit of um, tartness to it. But very drinkable. It's pretty light, um, good flavor, and yeah, it's it's surprisingly good. I had no idea what to expect, and I was pleasantly surprised. Nice. I like the logo. Yeah. Very cool with the Viking on there. Viking. That's what like the Minnesota Vikings should steal as their logo because it's pretty sweet. Yeah, that would be pretty good. The Viking they had isn't as uh, I don't know. This is more iconic looking, you know. Well, the Viking Minnesota Viking Viking. He's very nicely braided hair. And I think that's his true. horns may be a little bit too big. I mean, that's going to throw off his equilibrium, his ability to duck in battle. It's kind of like the Flintstones where they put the Brontosaurus burger and he just tilts the car. Big rack of ribs. Big yeah. Rack of ribs. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think he's going to be able to, uh, to duck an axe if he's got these giant horns on his helmet, on a, you know, his helmet there. So I think smaller horns would be advisable. Yeah. You're not gouging anybody with them. They're more symbolic, right? Pretty much. Yeah. So if you're a Viking and you go into the battle, are you taking a, a bigger axe, smaller axe, big horns or small horns? I think medium size axe is the move. You know, those, yeah. battle, those battle axes, like again, if you had a free open shot at something, that would be great. But how often do you get that? You know, you got to be able it to, takes a lot to swing those things. It does. Imagine, unless you're like a huge dude, like, like Thor or something. Well, like, I'm guessing the one thing with these, if, if you've got a helmet with big horns and that's a lot of weight, that would be great for your neck muscles. So if you go to the gym, like imagine going to the gym wearing a Viking helmet. Boom. This week there was a uh, summit at crunch fitness again, naked yoga, like we covered last week from planet fitness. Oh boy. Is it becoming like a thing now? It's becoming a thing. So mm-hmm. you could go naked with your horns on. Think of that. So you yoke up your neck and just get a little naked in there. Just like pounding out like deep friggin' squats. Like, <laughs> 
Deep sweaty squats. Deep sweaty naked squats in a Viking helmet. Imagine like running on a treadmill buck naked. Like all your junk will be flying around everywhere. Like that's why you wear support because it's like even women, bro. Even women, the boobs are going everywhere. Like that's it's pop your eye out. Nobody wins there. Nobody wins. You can wear your um your cod piece and your helmet. That's it. No, Plus, thinking, you don't want to. You don't want to pick any germs. Like you know, you get on. You're doing downward facing dog, or you're doing the. Uh, was it the snake position, snake mm-hmm. pose, naked? Your junk is rubbing all on that dirty ass thing on the floor. Get some ringworm on your dick. Nobody wants Damn. that. Wants now that. imagine, imagine you're wearing your Viking helmet with these giant horns. You're naked and you're doing squats, and you look like you're Brock Lesnar size. Is anyone at the gym going to tell you to stop? Like they're staying helmet? the fuck away from you at that point. Yeah, it's like some little like dorky guy and be like, excuse me, sir, can you put on some underwear and some pants? They're just going to call the cops to try to tase you and get you out of there. That's dang. As peacefully as possible. Yeah, that would be great. Just some roided up dude in a Viking helmet just banging out squats while naked. And grunting. Yeah. <laughs> you, can you spot me? The siege begins tomorrow. Just... <clears throat> Sitting on the row machine, bro. Somebody behind him with the drum, boom, 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 boom. <laughs> oh, that would be great. <laughs> That'd be funny. To just have a buddy with a drum behind you, and and you just get the horns, and you're just sitting there rowing. <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> uh, we like we have to do a group thing. Just get a whole bunch of people out there on all the row machines. That would be some good guerrilla marketing if we did that, right? <laughs> One dude with a drum, boom, boom, boom. <laughs> yeah, Behind stock marketing. That could be us. <laughs> That's right. That could be us. Gorilla marketing. Gorilla marketing. Like Just wear our highfalutin ski bump cod pieces. Oh, uh, there you go. Yep. Say. Wear go. that. We're wearing something. Can't kick us out for not wearing clothes, right? That's true. We're clothed. A cod piece and a helmet. Like, what? What's wrong with that? <laughs> this is how. This is. A, it's a religious thing. They tell you, you know, you can't have that helmet, and you're like, dude, this is my Bluetooth. <laughs> No, you yeah. say it's a re- you say it's a religious uh, artifact. You know, you, oh, you people go. dress like beekeepers, and that's fine. Why can't I dress in my Viking helmet? I say you just tell them with your headphones. These Attack are my, my headphones. beliefs. <laughs> These are my beats. These Viking my... helmet by beats. Yeah. Let's get into the Genjula. We have our bean of the week this week from our pal Frank. So thank you, Frank, for passing this along. And uh, he had a he had a thematic bean of the week because you know. We're all starting to get ready, getting extra geared up, uh, work changing our workouts, getting more uh, serious about training for ski season. So what is the bean of the week? It is training day. And it's bred by DNA Genetics. Training day is a 70% indica that combines parent strain, train wreck, and LA Confidential. This California native takes after its LA Confidential parent in aroma and delivers a pungent earthy and pine flavor. As demonstrated by its thick blanket of crystal resin, training day will put your THC tolerance to the test. So novices should approach this strain with caution. Hmm. That was a lot of good effects, though. Yeah. Relaxed, happy, euphoric, focused, creative. And even the medical. Look at that. Great for pain, stress, depression, inflammation, nausea. And high on all that. It's not even like a little, like, that's like... Very good for all those. Yeah. And the only negatives, dry eyes, dry mouth. Dizzy's not wonderful. That's not wonderful. Yeah. Headache, perhaps a little anxious, but yeah. hey, man, 
You got you got to pay to play. Got to pay to play. Uh, let's see. So, Weezow was one of the most helpful reviews and says, "Notice the high head, uh, the head high first, like wearing a baseball hat. Very slow. Come on mentally, but once it starts, you can really feel it billowing and consuming your mental ability. Ooh. It takes over your head in a really potent way." Uh, could easily be too much. So that's where you got to taper off just, you know, slow and steady. Uh, brain feels like it's wrapped in a warm family blanket, not just suppressed, but elevates your mood and makes you feel good both emotionally and physical. And it says a euphoric uh, high. So kind of surprised it was only a three star review based on all that. So thank yeah. you, Frank, again. And speaking of Frank, Frank is trying very, he's, he's trying to plan his uh, scheme and he's like, we got to ski together this year. So we're going to try to see if we can uh, match up and ski with Frank. Definitely. We have a lot of people we got to ski with this year. I know. I think uh, we should ski with all of them. I think, well, that's where like we talked about it a few weeks ago, like renting out that, that Pico for the day. How cool would that be? Okay, we would ski with everybody one day. Just have one big party on like a, I think it's what Tuesdays or Wednesdays they rented out. Yeah, that wasn't much, right? It was significant if you were one person, but if you had a crew, it could be uh, you know easily absorbed. I think we could go. We could go fund me for it. We you know could the prize. That, yeah. You know what the prize would be for funding it? To hang oh, out with us. A free lift ticket. Boom. Right. That's not a bad idea. Yeah. I'm writing this down. And what oh. resort was that again? That was Pico. We got a free place to stay, maybe in Pico. <laughs> like you there. Yeah, we'll see. Indeed. So while we're here in the gondola, still some pretty interesting stories. And this is from the, our good friends up in Canada. It says pot jobs are legion, but Canadian cannabis companies struggling to find workers. So pot is booming up in Canada because they are fully legalizing recreational next month, October. Yes, it is happening. They're going to be the second country to legalize recreational use. And it said they could add about 150,000 jobs over the next several years. Damn. Uh, you want to push the economy, Trump. I'm just saying this is a great way to do it. You want tremendous, to push jobs? Tremendous growth. Tremendous jobs. Tremendous job growth. And they're saying that uh, the jobs are number of jobs available are legion and that it's a great time to come into this new marketplace, but companies have lots of job vacancies they're anxious to fill. There's quite a range we're looking for. Everyone is scaling up for the new world come October 17th. Uh, if you have the enthusiasm to be part of this growing sector, there's a lot of opportunity in the cannabis sector for you. Demand is high for anyone with marketing or pharmaceutical experience. Workers familiar with consumer packaged goods are also in demand. You're saying that there's just not enough people who want to do it. You know, I guess people are, I'm sure a lot of people are, are scared, you know, about getting involved in it. They have that whole, you know, war on drugs, dare mentality kind of beat into their brains from when they were kids. But I think, you know, this this younger generation now, the college kids that are just getting out, looking for jobs, they're going to, they'd rather work here than work for some shitty bank or something. So yeah. this is, this is going to be just a, I think, a transition period. 
Cause once I think it's just so new, you know what I mean? Like it's mm-hmm. such a new feel that people are, you know, getting into it. They're like, I, I almost imagine like people don't know what they have to do to be qualified to get a job here, you know, like, cause they want people like of good education to get into this field. I mean, it's a real big money industry. You need that talent there. So it's kind of, you oh, need yeah. the people with the talent to jump over from whatever they're doing into that field. Yeah. And unfortunately, yeah, there is still a bit of a stigma around weed, uh, which is, it is going away, but as our next story can reinforce, it's, it really is kind of creating a, a line, a generational line where the older folks believe one thing and the younger folks believe another thing. Yeah. I imagine it's, uh, what's going to happen is they're going to, drive up what, what that industry pays. And then people are going to be jumping from other industries to say, look, man, you're paying that much money. I'll go over there. All right. So next up we have one of our favorite subjects, two of our favorite subjects. We have Elon Musk and we have Joe Rogan. So if anybody hasn't heard, this made big news. Um, after I think it was like the day after they, they taped and posted a podcast. So, Oh no, um, it was during, the podcast because because rogan does his live on youtube oh yeah and elon actually mentioned it in the podcast he's like oh my friends are tweeting me he's like oh my god are you smoking pot live what are you doing (laughs) yeah so they were drinking whiskey they smoked a joint there's a samurai samurai sword there was a flamethrower going so um elon musk who is the um the ceo of tesla uh, and SpaceX. He spent more than two and a half hours on Thursday with Joe Rogan. And they talked about a variety of subjects and they did a variety of interesting, funny shit. And uh, it seemed pretty awesome. Uh, the the weed smoking was, I think he, uh, Joe said something like, like uh, I wonder if they have it in here, but um, yeah, he said, He's like, what do you, uh, what the hell are you doing smoking weed? He said, and, and Musk, Musk explained he's not a regular weed smoker. Um, he says it's not very good for his productivity. Um, he said it's like a cup of coffee in reverse. Yeah. So, uh, then he actually said, Hey, uh, and you know, pass it over and he, he smoked it. So, yeah, it was a blunt. Yeah. Cause Rogan's like, Oh yeah, this was introduced to me by Charlie Murphy. And, uh, you know, it's like a cigar, but it has marijuana inside of it. So yeah, Rogan took a hit and he's passed it over to Elon. He took a little puff and he didn't really even inhale it. I mean, yeah, you know, he took a little bit, but people just started freaking out. And again, and I think Rogan made a comment afterwards. He's like, Oh, I don't think the stockholders are going to like that or something. <laughs> or, or before he took the hit, he's like, what, you can't have any because there's stockholders or something, something. And then like yeah. the next day, like Tesla stock like plummeted and went down like 12 bucks or whatever. Well, I had friends that, um, marginally follow, like, I don't even think they own Tesla. And, um, they were, they were like texting me like, Oh yeah. Cause they know I like, I'm big, you know, we talk about it on podcasts and, you know, we like Rogan and we like, you know, I talk, we talk about, um, Elon Musk and SpaceX all the time and Tesla. And, um, he, you know, this one person that is, is usually never in the subject also because it was in the mass media. Oh my God, he could, he could get, uh, arrested or, you know, fined mm-hmm. by the SEC and all. And I'm like, really? Like, 
they were in know, California and it's uh, it's recreationally legal. It's legal. So, so and you know yeah. what you know what? No one says anything about him drinking the whiskey. Exactly. You know? So it's you like, have all these CEOs doing like crazy shit like drinking or doing whatever and you know, nothing happens to them. So why would the same happen, you know? But yeah. it's that stigma, like you said. Well, all these, you know, the think about like in Silicon Valley now, the big thing is microdosing LSD. You know, LSD yeah. is a schedule one drug, but you know what? Oh. They're not they're not going after people for that. They they really just want to vilify him. And it's so funny. So many people who have never done anything, they've moved numbers around. They've made money doing that. They've never built anything. They've never created anything. They've never, put their, they've never put their necks out on the line. And this guy does it every single day. You know, whether you like him or not, the guy has, he's created something absolutely amazing. And he's done it with his own money, his own reputation, where some of these other people, they just fall into it, do a shitty job, get a golden parachute, and the company suffers after, and, and they're yeah. not harmed at all. They move like, on to the next thing. Like dickheads like Bob Lutz from GM, who always goes on and starts trashing Tesla and everything. The guy made a bunch of bullshit fucking cars and helped GM go bankrupt. And he's the one who's going to talk shit about Elon Musk, who's actually who Tesla didn't take a bailout, which they mentioned in the podcast. You know, like he able to was able to strap together money to keep this thing running. He used most of his own money that he made to to keep this company afloat. And they're changing the industry, they're changing the world, they're changing the way everybody looks at things. They're changing. He's changing the way we look at space and space travel. What did fucking GM do? Oh well, different rental car this year. Exciting! It's got a bigger a bigger yellow bow tie in the front. We have a new color of red. Great. That's, that's awesome. What are the, you know, yeah. look at the new Malibu this year. It's so much better than last year's Malibu. The song is just a little different. You see them, you know, stupid shit like that. Yeah. Right. So yeah. And I, I retweeted on the, the podcast Twitter account. It was you know, Jack Dorsey, you know, at Jack on Twitter, the CEO of Twitter. He mentioned that he said, this is an honest and fun conversation between Elon Musk and Joe Rogan. Stop at the headline and memes and you'll miss all the thoughtfulness, clarity, and curiosity. I mean, they were chatting about the, you know, like, are we in a simulation? Do you believe in the multiverse? Talking about why we can't have like flying cars, you know, about that, the boring company about digging, you know, holes in the ground. Like, I mean, I listened to the podcast twice already. And nice. it's, it's, it was beautiful. It was fascinating. It was intelligent. It was, you know, thoughtful. It was, you know, it's so easy to get like, like that comment, you know, that, that Jack Dorsey tweeted out. It's so easy to look at that's the stupid ass grab your attention headlines. Oh, Elon Musk is smoking weed on the podcast. With Joe yeah. Rogan. But that's all they're saying. So it's like getting attention just for that. It's like, did you listen to anything else that was said? Cause you know, yeah. some of the things so they're saying transportation, his comment was flying cars won't make your neighbors happy. And it's not important right now. He's like an electric plane flying, you know, flying cars. They're not important right now. He's like, he insists that the high speed tunnels or, you know, the, um, hyperloops are like the thing of the future. That's what we should be concentrating on. And I kind of agree. I mean, think about it. Like why, why has the technology and the way we travel by train never changed? You know, it's, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, and artificial intelligence, he's like, it's something interesting. You got to join, you know, you can't really fight it, but he said he, there are concerns about unrestrained development of art- artificial intelligence. And I kind of agree because being, you know, I work for a big bank and in technology and I know there was when they, when they first started their first foray into the flash trading, it was kind of a concept. They were just going to do like, 
I guess market making where you do automatic trades based on the market just to set the market and stuff like that. And they had a, a system that they put online and within like two hours of it going online, they lost billions of dollars because it's just messed up and they never really tested it right. So then they shut it down, of course. And they were like, we're never doing that again. And, you know, years later, like 10, 20 years later, everybody's flash training now making tons of money, you know? So it's kind of the same thing as, as that. You gotta, you should be careful with it. And I think he's right on that. Yeah. And like I said, you know, this is going to, this is like a definitely generation gap where, you know, the older folks probably think, Oh, this guy this hippie, you know, smoking pot and trying to do electric cars. Like, you know, it's just that kind of arrogant attitude. And a lot of times, you know what they all, a lot of them have a vested interest in oil companies. And that's why they make a big public tweet and a big public, you know, comment about Elon Musk because they're pushing their own car company or their own agenda. Exactly. There's, there's so much of that, that grandstanding out there. You know, it's funny. You, you described it. It's funny how you described it. Cause it's true. Like if you think about the classical hippie, right. Electric car, smoking weed, right. Elon Musk is not, is no way shape or form like attached to a hippie. Like he's like the, he's like a tech guy, like not a, definitely not a hippie, but it's funny. Right. Yeah. He's almost like a Silicon Valley caricature, like on the TV show, you know? Yeah. That's, that's pretty neat. But yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's funny that, you know, you have these, these headlines and, you know, if you really, if you're interested in technology or even cars or space or any, I mean, if you're just a curious person, that podcast will have so much for you to, to chew on and to come up with your own conclusions and do your own research too. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think it was, it was awesome. It was, like I said, I've listened to it twice already and, you know, would probably catch it again in the near future. Well, think about it. Cars, trains, planes, space. None of that's really changed technologically because all the companies that were in control of it were like, we can do the same thing and still make a shit ton of money. So why would we change it? Right. But Musk comes along and he's the the disruptor in the industry that's kind of calling them out like, hey, even if he doesn't make it big, he's done enough to disrupt those industries to say, the people actually see that they're, this is possible and that's what they want. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like it's pushing them when they don't want to be pushed to kind of do the things they should do for the consumers in the world, you know? And those folks who are, you know, trashing him or, you know, against him, they're the ones who are most likely going to be in the wrong side of history when we yeah. look back. So it's like I was talking to somebody the other day, I was like, you know, remember watching like Wood Woodpecker or, or Bugs Bunny and they used to have like the, uh, the house of the future or the world of tomorrow. And you saw like flying cars and all that. That's like, that was like 50 years ago. It's like, or 40 years ago, however long they created it. It's like, we still don't have some of the stuff, but we have the technology for it. It's like, I think we've been lied to. We've been cheated. Yeah. We should have that house of the future. Well, that was the kind of thing that, that must talked about in the podcast is that, you know, you don't want a flying car. Like think how loud a drone is and it's, think about how, like, imagine you had it. So what does a drone weigh? 10 pounds? Yeah. Imagine you have a drone that has to weigh, you know, 30 times that to be the size of a car. What that would sound like if you had, you know, 100 of them in the sky. Oh, man. Can you imagine people driving those? Like, I, I don't trust people enough to drive a, a motorcycle or a bicycle. Like, can you imagine? Like, and cars are bad. Think of the traffic. Can you imagine everybody in a, in a flying car? Yeah, car you're, in, you're in 2D on the road. When you're in 3D in the air, that's when it gets even, yeah, a lot it's messier. Chaos. Yeah. Yeah. Don't worry about texting and, and flying, right? <laughs> oh, God. That's crazy. I'm going to take this next one. 
All right. Uh, a cannabis store employee fights off four attackers with a bomb. So, um, where was this? Let me see. So, um, two. Oh, this was from Barstool. All right. So Thursday. Uh, so this was last Thursday. Uh, four males believed to be Middle Eastern uh, entered recreational cannabis farmers market. That sounds awesome. Um, I guess this is in, um, Massachusetts and they were met with great resistance by the store clerk, despite being sprayed with bear spray. Wow. Pretty rough stuff. Um, the clerk managed to successfully fight them off and force them from the store. The suspects fled, uh, the scene and they collected valuable evidence from the scene and they found it in Canada, isn't it? Oh, no. I don't know where that place is. They don't say. Jensville, Ontario, Canada. And there's, yeah, the bear, that bear spray is nasty shit, man. Like ripping your face off. So he's out in over four to one and <laughs> he fought them off with a bomb. <laughs> and there's actually video footage of it too, which is great. That's awesome. Think about it. He just got bear sprayed and he just takes a bond and starts fucking them up with it. Beautiful. Uh, well, they obviously didn't have a gun. They had bear spray, though. I think I almost feared the bear spray more than the gun. I know. That's nasty shit. Because that's you have like, to be brave enough to actually shoot the gun. And most people, when put in that situation, couldn't do it. But bear spray, you don't think is bad about it, So you'll just kind of fire it off. Oh, and that shit is just. It takes a while. It's like capsaicin just all over your face. I wonder if you had like a mal- like malort spray, like, uh, air, like aerosol malort. You could fire at people. They said in his words, <laughs> <laughs> "Let's fucking go, bitches." <laughs> <laughs> That's when you know as a robber, like you're in trouble. There, like these are the most like stupid looking burglars. Like there's a freaking YouTube video of the security footage. <laughs> Oh, that's classic. Let's fucking go, bitches. Let's give me a movie on this guy. <laughs> I love this guy. Uh, awesome. Yeah. So that's a great quote. That's another excuse to have a bong around just in case because you never know when you'll need to use it in a defensive manner. Let's go to ski news. Good stuff. So first up. As we talked about earlier, you know, football season has arrived. And with that, fall. And with that, the first droplets of beautiful snow. According, right to, according to the good folks at Snow Brains, snow accumulations expected at ski resorts in Canada this week. So if you're busy, uh, after you're done busy fighting off bear spray attackers at your cannabis shop, Get your skis ready and head out to uh, the Western, the Canadian Rockies. Resorts such as Marmot Basin, Banff, and Sunshine Village may get light snow at the bases. And it's saying that this is a full week earlier than the first snow of last year. So let's all take that as a, a positive sign for things to come this season. Good sign of things to come. Yeah. All right. Next up, uh, this is this is ski movie season. This we're hitting it right. Oh yeah. 
so um, Warren Miller just released their official trailer. Uh, Volkswagen presents Faces of Winter with Warren Miller. Um, it looked pretty awesome. Good, great footage, great music. Um, I was actually looking before we started the podcast to so like where I could try to see this. So I know I'm a little bit more limited. Might have to do it when we're up in, uh, if we do up to, to Boston. When we go up to Boston, there is when no if. When we go to Boston. Listen, we've been talking about the Boston show for a couple of years. We haven't gone. If we don't go this year, we'll only be a year older when we do. Ooh, there you go. Yeah, this uh, this trailer it, it kind of it kind of tugs at the heartstrings a bit too because you know this is the first one since Warren's passing earlier this year, so they're showing a lot of footage of him, you know, back in the day, him skiing, filming, doing what he did, and uh, it really it it gives you the goosebumps. It kind of gets you fired up. I mean, maybe I'm just a weirdo, but I got, you know, you start questioning your life choices too. Like what matters to you? You know, you have a very limited time on this planet and what are you going to do with it? Are you going to be miserable every day or are you going to go out there and, and make life happen for you? So get yours. these just get me, these get me really fired up in, uh, in, in ways that, concern my my family but in ways that you know make me feel really good about my life choices so again a little, a little esoteric and uh and you know a little ridiculous here but uh it's out and it's beautiful and we'll have a link in the show notes you want to check it out it is tough this time of year when they all start coming out all the ski trailers and you're like oh so pumped and you're like damn i still gotta wait a few months it's like yeah it's such a tease but you're ready it does get you pumped up to watch the movie, which is going to be before you see. So it's kind of like two months. Yeah. Two months about till the, um, one other showing that we usually would go to in Morristown is right before Thanksgiving this year. I think it's, I think it's the Tuesday before Thanksgiving. So it's pretty late this year. I know it's usually earlier in November, but uh, it's pretty late this year. But and now with the World Cup thing that week, it's a little, it's pretty tight. <sighs> yeah. It's going to be a serious week. So yeah. So it's out there. So yeah, check it out. Face of Winter, Warren Miller. Next up, uh, we have a a pretty cool, you know, since we just talked about our new logo and rebranding, there was uh, one of those that were just announced too. Winter Park Resort out in Colorado have just announced their rebranding. They are part of the icon, I believe. Their is icon, it, right? Yeah, the part of Altera, right? Altera, yeah, they got purchased by them, and which is the Icon Pass, which is the sure. Icon Pass. Yep. So they were they just went through a, a nice rebranding. So they've got a a cool new logo. It's a little more modern, a little a little more you know, it's fun. Uh, you know, new typography, uh, cool new website, and they just put this out. I think a couple days ago, so it's worth checking out. It's got a nice nice color palette. On the site, very cool. um, and they have a, they have a and white, that color palette. Yeah, it's it's cool because there's no blue because most most ski things all have blue. So it's yeah, cool. I mean the website has a lot of blue in it. Um, Stands out with all the uh, you know with all the, the the snow and the blue sky and stuff like that. It's kind of cool contrast. To- it is, yeah. And they they talk about it too, which is nice. You know, they have a whole description on there, like FAQs about it. Uh, like, you know, 
Like, what was the objective of the rebrand to develop an overarching brand for our destination town, Winter Park, Colorado, and to build cohesive messaging and experiences when guests arrive in Winter Park? So, you know, we kind of kind of go through the same thought process in how we did our new thing as to what, you know, they're going through when you read these FAQs. So uh, I like what they said about the bold shield. They said they're keeping it for a territory brand or a territory mark, which is cool because I guess the Winter Park, the new logo will, will designate like the resort and then Winter Park is still, they want to embrace the community, which is kind of nice. Yeah. So they'll probably still use the old logo for the community and then Winter Park for the resort. Yeah. The, uh, resort. Very cool. Yeah. So good stuff here. So if you want to check it out, we'll post the link on there or you can go to winterparkresort.com, go to the about us and who we are and all the info is in there. And let's see. Next up, we have our friend Matt Pepin from the Boston Globe. Uh, he gave us a very great mention in his latest newsletter. Uh, the thank newsletter. You, thank you, Matt. Appreciate it. Thank you, Matt. Loved it. Um, and loved the, the article you have in there because uh, I was going through, I was kind of walking through in my head as you were, you were walking through your um, process of picking the, the coolest um, ski resort, North New England ski resort uh, name, which was cool. Like not dependent on skiing or resort amenities or anything like that, just which is the coolest name. So I kind of like, uh, like the way you went through that. Yeah. Spoiler alert. It was Mount Snow. Oh, that's a good, good name. Which is so, a good name. You know, I think once you go to the I mean, it's a great mountain. It's just a little bit smaller than some of the, you know, the bigger ones that get more attention, like a Killington or a Mount Snow or a Stowe or, you know, Jay Peak and stuff. Um, yeah. One that I was surprised wasn't on the list was Suicide Six. Oh, yeah. Suicide which Six. I think it's a, a pretty tiny hill. But the name alone is cool pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of like Powder Ridge. Powder Ridge, I like that name. I like Gunstock, too. Gunstock's cool, yeah. But Because yeah, I'm just thinking about like the whole like Suicide Six. Now, if you were to go up to someone today and tell them you're going to name a ski <laughs> resort Suicide Six, they're going to be like, you're fired. It's not going to happen. What the but, hell are you talking about? Exactly. Like, are you crazy? You a lunatic? It's like, yeah, I am. I mean, my my resort Suicide Six. It's a it's an old resort. You know, it was originally founded in 1934 with an improvised rope tow. So it's got some history to it. But it's pretty awesome. It's part yeah, of the. Um, it's part of the uh, what you want to call it? Woodstock Inn and Resort. Which, if you've ever been to Woodstock, Vermont, it's that beautiful white resort building right there. Have you been there? I've driven through there. I remember looking at the covered bridges like near there. And it is like, you look at you like, wow, that looks so cool. Like that'd be a great place to just kind of disappear for a weekend, you know? Yeah. I, uh, I haven't been to that, that particular inn, but I've been to Woodstock because they have that awesome, uh, worthy kitchen there, which is like one of my favorite uh, restaurants. In- this is right by like that middle of town. And like you, you see it, like you definitely see this cause it has a big white picket fence and it's a giant white, uh, resort building it looks really nice and clean and those oh well kept oh okay but yeah if you drove through you like you definitely saw it you might not have been you know but i guess suicide six is part of that resort whenever i go through there it's always usually dark so oh really why well, i may have missed it i went there in a february that it was 80 degrees <laughs> Oof. 
that was the year I went up and my brother-in-law at the time had a timeshare and we decided, Hey, let's go up. I'm going to go up skiing. It's going to be freaking great. I got a, I got a, a new like um, ski carrier for my car. I was like, Oh, we're ready to go. This is going to be great. And we get out there and it's fucking 80 degrees. I was like, son of a bitch. It was February. I was like, really? And we were staying at, what was that little, little tiny starts with an A. Um, but anyway, so we were going to stay there and they actually had, it was literally the size of a street is the one run they had open half of the way up <laughs> and, that was it. and they had one little lift going and like, you can ski if you want. We're like, yeah, I'm not. So we went to Ben and Jerry's and went to, uh, so a bunch of covered bridges, which is a thing in Vermont. Very big thing. Uh, hung out in Woodstock, had some good places to eat there. Um, yeah, went to Cabot Cheese, ate a lot of cheese and a lot of ice cream, a lot of dairy that weekend. <laughs> a lot of dairy. That's what Vermont does, you know? <laughs> so did his van. And drank a lot of beer, you gotta say. <laughs> so that you know what? When life gives you lemons, you make lemonade. <laughs> all you can do, right? What is it? There's a comedian that's like, when God gives you lemons, find a new God. <laughs> oh, that was that what was that? Was like one of the first like uh internet meme like uh was it like power thirst or something? That video? Yeah. I'm trying to think of the uh the comedian though. Oh shit. <laughs> it was pretty fun. <laughs> God, it gives you lemons. Find a new God. Yeah. Yeah, I remember those, that, that video like back in the day, Power Thirst. It was like Power a meme. Oh. It was fantastic. It's like one of those, like, again, it's super old now. It's from like 2007, but it's like, it was just ridiculous. Like, it was basically like, it was like an energy drink, but it was just like so over the top and crazy. Oh, nice. Yeah, it was pretty fun. I actually looked up, so from um, Matt's newsletter, he welcomed uh, James Newhouse to Twitter, and I went on his site. I looked him up, and it's really cool. He paints. He actually is responsible for painting a lot of the ski area maps. Yeah, he's and, like the guy. Yeah, and I, I, I never really thought about it. I was like, well, you know, they, they, you figure they just get somebody to do it, but he's like a well-known guy that like this is what he does. And I was like, I saw some of the stuff that he has for sale. And I'm like, that's pretty cool. So now he's actually getting some of his stuff and having a printer like high quality printer, print them on canvas and you can yeah. buy them. They'll look pretty cool. Yeah. I have one from Telluride that he did. I think it's like one of the, it's an older one. I think it's from like the, either the eighties or the nineties. Nice. Uh, I got for my birthday last year, which is pretty cool. Oh, cool. And it's a James Niehaus one. Niehaus? Is that how it's pronounced? Niehaus? 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 Depends how, how German he wants to go with it, with the pronunciation. I don't know. His stuff is pretty cool. Yeah. He even had some like just mountain outdoor stuff, which looked awesome too. Like just to have a nice, you know, canvas app. So. What a sweet gig to have too. Oh, he's like, a, and now he just does kind of, you know, they call him for special stuff because he's the guy. It's like pretty neat. It's a nice yeah. career. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he's, he's got a little site and you can buy stuff on there. So I was kind of, I kind of thought that was cool. And I never really thought about it before, but they said, if you look at your map, it has a signature of who, who did it. So you could have a map somewhere of a resort that you went to. That's one of his. Yeah. I see Brian looking at his wall now. His I'm looking wall at maps. my wall right now, but I, uh, I'm like just a tiny bit too far away from each of them to tell. <laughs> like, Oh, that's, it's like trading cards. Well, that's a knee house. Well, what do you have? I have a, uh, so-and-so that did the, uh, two different versions, like Telluride or whatever. Yeah. 
pretty sure the Telluride one is still his. Um, I'm pretty sure Ishkill is not his, though. No. He's like the Bob Ross of ski match. <laughs> Let's paint a happy little black diamond here. Yeah, I was flipping the channels the other day, and I have one TV in the bedroom that doesn't have cable hooked up. So it's like got the antenna. It has all those freaking weird channels. So I'm flipping through on Sunday, and Bob Ross is on. I'm like, I'm watching the happy little thing. It was like meditating, man. I love that guy. One other cool thing that um, Matt has in his newsletter, and if you want to check it out, you can go to his uh, Twitter account, MattPep15, M-A-T-T-P-E-P-1-5, and it's linked there. Or you can go to the uh, the Boston Globe site, or we'll have it in the show notes where you can go and view it and then subscribe as well. He has a list uh, from skidiva.com with a list of all the ski swaps for uh, the upcoming season, which is pretty cool. That's pretty sweet. So that's on, yeah, the skidiva.com and it lists based by region on where the swaps are. And most of them are in starting in mid September going through November. What I like about his list, there was um, one of the, the big um, sites put, put one of them out uh, not too long ago. And I put it, you know, I think we put it in the, uh, in the show notes and we talked about it briefly, but it didn't cover. It just talked about like these huge ski swaps, I guess that were, you know, well-branded. This one is very detailed about local stuff. It's pretty cool. Yeah. There's a, there's a lot of stuff going on. So, you know, check your region and you should be able to find something. I mean, obviously, you know, if you're in, in Texas or Arizona, there may not be any, but yeah, all the, uh, the mountain towns and even some places, you know, Los Angeles has one. It's called ski dazzle. Ski dazzle. Nice. I wonder if they get, you ever watch that porn stars where they put the, uh, where they get all the porn, you know, stuff they come in. I wonder if they ever get skis. That'd be interesting. I'm sure in Reno they do. Because I've never seen it on that show, but I'm like, you know, I wonder if there's ski equipment or, you know, a helmet from a famous person or something like there was people are always bringing weird shit in. So yeah, people are always just trying to get rid of anything to make a few bucks to go to the casino. So it's Man, I, wonder, possible. I wonder about that. That show you watch, you're like, why would you bring, be bringing like something of that value? You know, it's of a, a high value into a pawn shop. I'm like, you just need to gamble that away. Don't you? Pretty much. Yeah. Pretty I mean, remember, I remember we went to the one in uh, Reno when we were out there and that was the first time I've ever gone to a pawn shop and last time. And I was like, man, there is a lot of sadness in this store. <laughs> That's pretty funny. It's just a total bummer. So, you know what I'm wondering about some of these swaps though? Like, <clears throat> so I'm seeing the ones in September and October, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, they might coincide with some of the areas that are having big Oktoberfests. So like, especially like Fishkill, New York, Kensington, New York. I know they do like um, Hunter Mountain does their big, uh, Oktoberfest like over a few weekends. So, you know, if you're out and about and you, you find a good Oktoberfest, maybe see if there's a ski swap nearby. That'd be a good way to do it. That's actually not a bad idea. You could really, you can make it a full weekend experience if you, you know, combine the two events. Yeah. Cause these are September, October. That's definitely a lot of places will run October. It really is September, but a lot of, you know, places just do October and then they run for multiple weekends. So it's like yeah. a multi-happiness kind of thing if you're drinking beer and also getting new ski gear. 
make sure you get the ski gear before you get hammered. Cause I guarantee you're going to go in there, but like, I want it all. Just give me all the stuff. <laughs> Buy it all. Well, or you could look at the other way. Maybe you need to get a little liquored up to get a little more confidence to buy the right thing and not cheat out like you do every single time. Don't chicken out. Just go in. Balls deep, man. Go big, baby. That's it. Yeah. So check that out. You need those skis? Yes, you do. Otherwise, you'll just be one more year older when you tail. That's right. When are you going to use them, right? Come on. You're going to use them now. You're not going to use them tomorrow. You can't ski tomorrow on skis that you should have today. Right. Oh, next up, we have uh, the Andrew Luck. So Andrew Luck finally opened up about a snowboarding accident in- injury. So Indianapolis Colts quarterback, if anybody doesn't know Andrew Luck, uh, he has finally spoken extensively for more than a year about injuries to his throwing shoulder. But he never really kind of um, publicly came out and said why. And uh, he said, I guess it came out that he snowboarded, but he didn't really talk that much about it. And he said, uh, obviously, he's not snowboarding anymore. So uh, I'm sure there's something in his contract either now or. Um, but, yeah, he's as a quarterback to have that injury. He he tore his labrum, uh, had surgery on it um, and had a few injuries to uh, the, the shoulder from it. So sprained his AC joint in Colorado snowboarding. So on his throwing shoulder. So, yeah, definitely a no-no. Yeah, you got millions of dollars on the line. And I guess it really kind of begs the question is like if you if you know you're uh you were dependent on your body for your job and you had to either choose that doing your job or skiing or boarding, what would you choose? I don't know. Well, remember a lot of a lot of uh football players were having accidents playing like just, you know, um street or you know just basketball and they were like tearing up their knees and stuff like that because basketball you you know you you can injure knees and ankles pretty severely mm-hmm. so uh i think they put in a lot of contracts that you can't play certain sports and i don't know about andrew luck but if it, if it wasn't there i'm sure it's there now <laughs> you can't well, i wonder if it mentions a mono ski or snowblades snowblades why not mono ski Boom. of course you're Imagine. all on and you see like Andrew Luck just tearing down on like a monoski. Uh, with the doom, 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 that music. With the apocalypse snow background music, of course. Yeah. Yes, I have a buddy behind him with the with the big boom box. Interceptor. And his, and his apocalypse yeah, his apocalypse snow theme music playing. That's his coming music. That would be amazing, right? Oh, you have to have that as your come out music. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, another story this is from the snow enthusiasts at forbes.com they say the best skis and snowboards are the ones made just for you damn right and the article goes on to talk about um it talks about getting like you know boots custom boots and custom skis and i don't know this guy must be like new york based or something because he mentions he says bespoke a lot, which is oh, kind of a, yeah. yeah. I don't want to. Yeah, it's a yeah. It's one of those words that the more you say it, the more people want to punch you in the face. Yeah, people will use it too much, and that's just I don't know the way they use it. It's just makes you want to punch that person in the face. <laughs> no, and the guy's kind of now again. I don't know about this dude. I don't know how much he skis or boards. 
but he talks a lot about the, you know, how necessary it is to have these custom fit skis and boards and boots. And it makes me wonder, you know, if you were a really good skier, it really wouldn't matter. I mean, it would matter to a degree. You know, you obviously don't want some, you know, some 76 underfoot when you got two feet of snow coming at you. But to make it sound like it's so important to have custom skis, man, like we'll just go run into a, a demo shop, grab, you know, a pair and we'll make them work. We'll have fun, you know? Yeah. I mean, he talks about how he skied all over the world and usually rents the current season high performance demos and often switch. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just, uh, it's kind of, it's a, it's, it's cool. This article, but I don't know. The point of view seems like it's a little bit. Pretentious. Yeah. A little bit douche. Mm-hmm. I like the photo he has of some of the skis. I was we talking about the, um, Lincoln sign, like themed, like skis, pretty cool. Yeah, oh yeah, there's some very cool. And the wood ones, those are like wood plank ones. I love that. Yeah. Even the snowboards they have a some pretty cool looking snowboards. Yeah. Or those could be model skis as well. <laughs> <laughs> right. I, I don't know that one. That's uh, got the point at the front. That could be a model ski. It very well could be. It has the fins in the back, just like the model ski. From Apocalypse Now, circa 19, what was it, 1972 or something? Apocalypse Now? Yeah. It's like 84 or 85. Oh, that's right. It was the 80s. They were trying to pump up the uh, advertising yeah. for the for those resorts. Yeah, and they were saying that, um, you know, one of the, the companies they talked to was Romp. And they're oh, yeah. saying that their custom skis run between a thousand and fifteen hundred, depending on the options you pick. Wow! And uh, they have, you know, which is still it's probably about you know it's almost double what uh, you know the the he mentions the top all mountain skis in Free Skier magazines you know reviews this year were, and he says that they were all over seven hundred dollars. So wow. yeah, I mean it's depending if you get the 700 you know the 850 dollar one versus the 1500 dollar custom ones it is a significant difference you know it is almost double but yeah well i guess like if you're talking about custom ski manufacturing right mm-hmm. i guess the ones I, I always associate with that would be like well they mentioned here romp and wagner wagner i was i was that was kind of for a while and then parlor our buddy the parlor skis you yeah. can make you can help make them yourself very true. And, you know, again, if you have the means and you can give a, you know, a custom ski for all conditions, you know, powder and hard snow and backcountry, that's more power to you. That's fantastic. Yeah. I wish it was a problem I had right now, <laughs> but also too, you know, like I, I have what I have and I'm going to make that work. So that's right. You know, you and this is going to a different crowd. I guess the Forbes folks versus yeah. the, uh, you know, the ski bums that we prefer chatting with. High, high flute and ski bum monthly doesn't talk about this. Yeah, we get your, you know, we get your uh, your weekly bonus working on Wall Street. You can go buy a new pair of custom skis. That's right. Hey, it's keeping the ski town alive. So keep pumping it in there. That's right. Douchebags. Before you ruin the economy again. That's right. Before you put us right in the shittery. Yeah. Uh, all right. Next up, we got Shamini. 
Um, Chamonix, they actually had a big fire that gutted out a mid-station in the Grands Montels area of Ar- Argentier near Chamonix. Um, so they're saying this is the, the way they describe it was pretty crazy. So I guess it started today too, I think. Um, yeah, September 11th. Yep. So I guess it started in a crawl space. Um, where is it? Uh, yeah, it started in a crawl space, uh, as a result of, of ceiling work. So they were doing some work in there and I guess something happened and the fire started and people swung into action. They said cables fell down, crushing a cabin. Um, they said, uh, unfortunately, they weren't able to save the station. So it's been destroyed. And they're worried about the cable falling on other uh, properties that are like under it, which is pretty terrifying. Yikes. So I think this is pretty high up too. So yeah, I never thought about it. Can you imagine that's a big ass cable? Can you imagine that falling on your house? Like that's like a just, just a big whip. That's the perfect description. Yeah, it is like a whip. Oh, can you imagine just like shattering right through your house? Like, I think that's what it did to that one cabin. Mm-hmm. That's pretty terrifying. Oh, it's crazy. Yeah. The pictures are, are, yeah, pretty. And you know, it's amazing. It's so remote. They had it like drop the water from a helicopter because it's like, yeah, it's, it's one of those things. Like, how do you even get there? You know? Yeah. Right. Pretty amazing. But yeah. So they're saying, um, they're saying the, the, they're suggesting that, you know, it could be extensive. Who knows how it's going to affect Shamani this year. Uh, the Shawnee Mount Black region when, you know, when skiing starts up, because that's not something you just put back up overnight. It's a pretty big, pretty big deal. Yeah, this is, this is going to be out of commission for a while. It looks like, I mean, they show the fire station and this, like, like you said, it just happened today. And there's a picture of the fire station. It is completely burnt and gutted out. I'm like, wow, it really, they really couldn't, I, I guess, couldn't get the water and couldn't get, you know, get it under control, which is uh pretty pretty sad so mm-hmm. i guess they're still dealing with the cable which is um i guess dangling in some places oh my god yeah so Oof, not good well, see it when ceiling work gets real yeah right so easy all right we got one quick thing left now Dude, this, we're going nuts over this today oh my god i love this so you much buddy nick we're back and forth i'm like what is it i'm like oh yeah that's pretty cool yeah, so uh, this was on unofficial networks today. They they posted this. There is currently on Craigslist in North Vancouver for sale a snowcat limousine. You heard that correctly. It is a snowcat limousine. Damn. Now it's only six six thousand. Gonna get in my limousine. <laughs> six thousand Canadian, which is like what like. 80 bucks American. Oh, that's not bad. 6,000. Yeah. Like, what is it? A third? You're yeah. talking about, yeah, you're talking about four grand. Yep. So it's an 89, 1989 Cadillac stretch limo. And it has been combined with a SV 250 Bombardier snowcat nice. to create the ultimate pimp freaking limo snowcat. That is pretty badass, right it's there. It's so awesome and beautiful and i love it with all my heart and i want it so bad now one little caveat it does say it was last used two years ago 
That's all right, man. You pimp out, you pimp out in that, and you just have a tow rope behind it and tow your buddies around. You just get a bunch of, you just oil up the thing, a little lubricate the joints. That's it, man. Dude, I want to make babies in that car. <laughs> Girl, we're gonna make some babies in that yeah, car. Make some babies in this limousine. A little Barry White plan. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just like this beige, beautiful. Like, so it's in North Vancouver. Imagine rolling into Whistler in this bad boy. Imagine going to a Canucks hockey game in that thing. <laughs> hey, if they're ever going to riot again, this is the vehicle to be in. You can't turn that over. You can set it on fire, but... It even has, like, the awesome, like, antenna in the back trunk that was, like, such an 80s thing. That, like, yeah. V-shaped antenna. Yeah. It's oh man. It's like a boomerang. I want this thing so bad. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. So... Hey, if anyone wants to donate five grand to buy us this thing and then go to Vancouver and then bring it back. Imagine you just drive that thing. Like just drive, across it on the drive it across the country. <laughs> what kind of MPGs does this thing have? Dude, you're not driving on regular roads. You're driving straight. You're driving through shit. MPGs, top speed, like. Yeah, it's probably like. No. It's probably like. <laughs> three miles to the gallon. It uses two miles per gallon and it drops like, you know, nine miles per gallon on the floor as it rides or something. Um, crazy stuff, man. It's so awesome, you though. Tesla eyes it. Let's make it electric. That's a possibility. How about low ride it? You could pimp that up. You could low ride it with a little neon on the bottom. Bam, 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 and just like, have a little hydraulics going. Nope. Jumping on the mountain. It's perfect the way it is. <laughs> It's just, it's beautiful. It's, it's stunning. It's, I love it. I love it so much. Just looking at it, I just have a smile on my face. It makes me so happy. You know what you can have on the back, on the trunk? You can have like beer taps on the back trunk. Kegs in the, in the trunk and the beer taps right on the outside. That's not a bad move. Yeah. Same, you know, be heady topper. What, what would be the beer? Sip of sunshine would be, or double sip. Oh, I haven't had double sip. I don't even know. Yeah. So Rich posted that uh, that 40th birthday party. Did you see that? Where they had a um, they had a pony keg of other half. Oh, nice! <laughs> yeah, it was a place. It was like 40th birthday party. He posted like a, a little video of it. I was watching his uh, his videos from Instagram. It was pretty cool. And they had like a pony keg of other half. I was like, God damn, that's pretty that's baller. Super legit. Yeah. Yeah. So you get stuff like that. Maybe treehouse. Did you see the treehouse posting with a giant glass today? No, it's like a, it's like a, you know, one of those little snifters, but it's like the size of like two of your heads just, oh, and just drinking like treehouse beer out of it. It's pretty funny. Oh, it's glorious. <laughs> oh, genius. But, so yeah, if anyone wants to donate and I uh, may purchase this limousine on our behalf, ski podcast at gmail.com. We could podcast out of the limo. Dude, right? I feel like our mobile office. Mobile office. I wonder if that's a write-off. I think it would be, right? I think it would be. We could have, like, have one of those like um, those like teardrop campers in the back to like, tow it around. There you go. On like sled, like a little, you know, like skis, pretty much skis, or could tow it around that way. That yeah, would work. that would work. In the snow? Oh my god! Park at the top of the mountain and ski first track in the morning. Right. Where are you going? Wherever the fuck I want. <laughs> That's where I'm going. <laughs> where the fuck ain't I going? Uh, like a lift line. You're just like, fuck that. Just drive up. <laughs> <laughs> you're like beeping at everybody. Beep, beep. Get out of my way. 
Oh, I love it. I love everything about this thing. Awesome. All right. So that's, I'm writing that down because we're going to look into how we get a ride in that. We might yeah. want to test drive it at ski season. Yes. Assuming it runs. That's, right. that's the rub. We're serious about buying it, but we have to see if it runs. Yeah. So we may need to test drive it for a while. <laughs> Feel like March. <laughs> that's right. Cool. All right. So it's that. Let's get into the main topic. Yeah. So the main topic today, Brian, I think is, this is going to be an interview of Brian. Kind of on and, me. Yeah. And his uh, trials and tribulations through the great world of uh, ski.com. Um, right. Yeah. So I went to the ski.com media event, the mountain destination showcase last week in New York city. Nice. And it was great. I mean, it's just one of those, you know, once Labor Day hits, as we talked about, you know, all the, everything starts shifting into to ski mode. It's so like this, the Black Friday skiing. Oh, <laughs> uh, you know, in a way, because yeah, you're starting off the season. You Everybody know? starts going nuts about what trips they're taking. Right. Frank, by the way, is, is right. He's like, we got to get on it. Like he said it a few times and yeah. it's all triggered by like Labor Day coming, you know? Yeah, it's a big thing. So, you know, they had this event and, you know, I, luckily our buddy Rich was able to get me invited to this. So it was nice. And thanks, had, Rich. yeah, thank you very much. They, uh, they did a great job. It was held at the uh, Aventi Hotel in, in, you know, New York and Manhattan, Midtown. And they had it up on a, uh, like a terrace which was nice. And for some reason I didn't even take any pictures and it was like, I mean, it was on like the sixth floor. So it was like, you know, great views and stuff. Nice. But yeah, they, uh, luckily they had a covered veranda cause it was like a super hot day. And then like these crazy storms rolled in and they had wind and, you know, things were flying all over the place. People's banners, people's banners were coming down everywhere. Like they have those, you know, the ones like they're like kind of floor mounted and they, they pull them up on like a, like I don't know if it's, it's like an elastic or something and they hook it in. So it's yeah, like an easel kind of thing. It's like an easel. Yeah. Yeah. So people had all their, their banners up with that and they were just going down. Basically like a sale at that point. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and then, um, the one cool thing is they had like an open bar there with, you know, beer and wine and a couple cocktails. And they had the official ski teeny was the drink of the night, which was pretty much just in Manhattan with Buffalo trace, which was very good. And, I, uh, you know, with, with the weather looking a little bit dicey and I was like, can I get that? But in a rocks glass, cause I don't want a stupid martini glass. And it's funny cause I started that trend and people right after me started doing the exact same thing because <laughs> they're like, dude, I'm not, I'm going to spill this stuff all over the floor in a martini glass. So that's the thing with a martini glass. You love the shape of it, but you can't walk in area with it, especially that event. You're probably walking around trying to put it, you know, hold it and write and do stuff. And it's uh, not functional at all. Yeah. So you have a martini holder like, around your neck. Yeah, that's... But again, you need like the gimbal thing to kind of keep it balanced. That's true. True. Gyroscope it. Gyroscope. <laughs> so they had, uh, you know, a bunch of different hotels there, a bunch of different resorts. You know, they had um, Aspen. They had Club Med, which I guess they're kind of shifting towards more of a, you know, having a, a winter presence as well, not just the beach town or beach resorts that they used to have. Yeah. I was telling you the, um, the ski club down here, Tampa Bay ski club, they're running a trip to, um, Sam and they're staying at the club med there. Yeah. You mentioned that. So that's why it kind of caught my eye when I saw them there. 
which I was like, and I, and I thought for some reason, did they tell you how many they have in ski areas? I thought they had like two or three, but I'm not sure. They just mentioned 70 premium resorts in stunning locations around the world. So that's just everything. Wow. Yeah. So they had like Deer Valley, the Stein Collection, which is at Deer Valley. They had uh, the Icon Pass folks there. They had the Epic Pass folks there. So there was a little bit of a little rivalry, friendly rivalry going on there. Oh, nice. Yeah, they had uh, the folks at Telluride, the uh, Jackson Hole people, the Portillo people, and um, Montage Deer Valley. So, yeah, it was a... Uh, it was a cool event. It was, it was pretty small, but you know, they had good food, good drinks. Was able to chat with a lot of people. Uh, I want to give a shout out to Tim at unofficial networks. I, I just, you know, randomly started talking to him and we had really hit it off, had a great conversation and, you know, hope to get him on the podcast. One of these days, really interesting guy. I've traveled, you know, skied all over the world. And, um, we actually had a pretty interesting conversation about Surefoot. And oh, our, our uh, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know what the word, how to put it politely. <laughs> our underwhelmed, underwhelming, underwhelmness, under underwhelmingosity. I don't know, but it was it was really cool. Just you know, because there were certain people there that were they're very media ish, and they were writers and you know freelancers, whatever, and they were just there for their you know to be there to get the drinks and chat with their friends, and that was cool. But you could see there was definitely a few of us that were serious like ski folk who you know wanted to just talk skiing and talk about what we're looking forward to and gear and and uh, you know those people kind of sort of gravitated toward each other, and there were some cool conversations had. So it was a lot of fun. Very cool. And one, you know, one of the nice things, you know, they, um, the folks at Vail Resorts who are the Epic Pass people, they had a pretty cool document that they were handing out and it was showing all the different updates that are, that are happening there. And it was a, like a whole, you know, a whole big document and we'll have it on there. And one of the things they have is their, uh, this thing called Emma. It's the Epic Mountain Assistant. And this is uh, the, the world's first digital mountain assistant to help guide guests visiting participating Vale Resorts locations. Using artificial intelligence and natural language processing, Emma has the ability to answer a wide range of guests' questions in real time about their vacation through SMS text. Wow. Yeah. So I guess you could be like, hey, you know, like when did the lift open at, you know, Whistler or something like that. Hmm. So like that's kind of cool. Like yeah. And they mentioned too, they, um, you know, they acquired Stevens Pass back in August and they were closing on that. Uh, they talk about in here, just a bunch of the upgrades to the different, the different resorts that they have. So they'll mention, you know, at Vale, they're getting upgraded snowmaking. Uh, they're increasing their junior ski patrol program. You know, a couple of hotels have been upgraded. And they do, uh, they have a float tank now, too. Oh, wow, really? At the lodge at Vale, yeah. Yeah. Um, they mentioned Beaver Creek. They've got a new learning area, Adventure, Adventure Family Learning. 
The Mount McCoy Park has expanded. They have a new mountain safety dog named Willie. Willie. Which is adorable. And they did also hand out a um, avalanche dog calendar. Oh, that's snag. cute. I don't know why I didn't post a picture of that yet. I got to do that. Love avalanche dogs. Oh, they're the, the best. They're so cute. The best is I think I was in either Whistler or Vale. I think it was Vale. And uh, I guess it was the afternoon. They were just playing with the dogs. And they were just out there just throwing like throwing a ball. And the dogs are running around in the snow. And they were having such a great time. The, the You know, the... The avalanche guy, uh, guys were, were having a great time, too, just playing with the dogs. They're like, yeah, this is what we do in the afternoon. They, they just want to play around and have fun. That's all they do. That's awesome. Pretty neat. Uh, they talk about Park City. There's a, a lot of stuff going on in Park City. They said the new Mid-Mountain Lodge transformation. Oh, wow. Yeah, they have a new Cloud Dine restaurant experience, which is a completely remodeled bistro and additional tables and... Um, that's at the Dream Peak Ski and Ski Out Restaurant. Nice. They're going to be hosting FIS World Championships for snowboard, freestyle, and free ski February 1st through 10th. Oh, wow. Which is pretty cool. Increased snowmaking. Uh, the High Meadow Park beginner area has expanded. And they uh continually upgrading snowmaking. So there's a lot of stuff going on at Park City, which is big. You know, I looked up the uh, Club Med locations. Mm-hmm. They have like 20 locations in Switzerland, all inclusive. Three in France and three in Italy. Oh, wow. All in the Alps. Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. Wow, they really are. I get over there too. Yeah, it's the way to do it. Um, and then Whistler, they mentioned, so they have that umbrella bar. Did you make it up to that? The whiskey Jack umbrella bar in Whistler? Yeah. No, like when you take, if you're taking the Whistler gondola up and you get out at the, um, is it the roundhouse? The big, um, where the, well, I guess where the gondola stops. There's, right. if you go sort of to the end of that, there's a umbrella bar out there. Yeah, I don't think we went in there. So I went there with Nick and Liz the one time. I think it might have been the day you weren't feeling well mm-hmm. or or turned out. I think you went in early. We ended up uh, going there and drinking old fashions. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, so that's open year round now, which is pretty cool. Um, but they've also are adding the Blackcomb gondola. That was a big upgrade this summer. Oh, wow. Which is going to be cool. You wound up skiing black home mainly a lot. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, uh, might be a little bit more going on, over there, <laughs> which is cool. But yeah, so, uh, it was, it's a nice document. I will, uh, I'll, we'll post it in the show notes. It's just the Vail resorts media news. So if you guys want to check it out, it's kind of nice to, uh, to see if you're an Epic pass holder, especially because then you can see which places are, are getting a little more love. And, you know, if you're going to get the Epic Pass, you're probably going to want to cater your your ski itinerary and trips to places that that support the Epic Pass. Yeah. Very Something cool. We, we talked about with some of the people there, you know, just in general, you know, like, how do you feel about this? Like, how is, do, do you feel like it's becoming like a duopoly now and people are going to either pick one or the other? And, you know, it's just, again, 
certain people wanted to have that conversation there and certain people didn't. And, mm. you know, the people that we were kind of gravitating towards were, were just kind of interested in having that conversation, just talking about what it meant for the industry. Is it good? Is it bad? What are the ramifications? What are we going to learn from this? Right. You know, so, so it was just, uh, it was just a nice conversation to have at least. Very cool. Um, then the icon pass, you know, they just acquired crystal mountain last week and now they have 36 destinations total on their pass. So, I mean, they went from not existing 18 months ago to now being this, again, this rival to, uh, to veil resorts and the Epic pass, which had been kind of the standard for, for a while now. Oh, wow. So they added, yeah, nine, nine destinations in 11 days. Wow. As of last week. That is really getting competitive now, right? Yeah, they own pretty much all of Utah except for Park City. Wow. Yeah, and they got a get the stranglehold over there. Yeah, Brighton in Utah, Taos in New Mexico, uh, Solitude in Utah, as well as Summit at Snoqualmie in Washington, Cypress Mountain in British Columbia, and Boyne Highland and Boyne Mountain in Michigan. Hmm. They also increase access to Sunday River in Maine, Sugarloaf in Maine, and Loon in New Hampshire. And I think we talked about it last week, um, Niseko in Japan. So, now they added, yeah, I kind so, of added it. Yeah, they're, uh, they're, they're really hitting it hard. And they've got a, a great diverse set of uh, mountains that they have support in the past. So it'll be, a lot of people I think are going to be influenced based on which path they or their home mountain is near what, where they're going to go, what they're going to decide to use. But it's, if you're just a person who, you know, is, is going to base, wants to go places and is going to decide their path based on where they're going to go. Both of them have really compelling, you know, sets of resorts that, you know, will make any skier or border pretty happy. But yeah, again, it's, it's all about where you want to go and what you're near. Yeah. Plan it, plan it right. Because, yeah, look at Japan. Japan in the Seco, it's there's four locations. So, the same total of seven days at any of the Niseko locations. Uh, one, two, three, there's four of them, which is pretty, quiet, uh, pretty cool. Yeah. And again, if you're in, you know, if you're in Maine, or I'm sorry, not Maine, if you're in Utah, you're most likely going to lean towards the, uh, the Icon Pass, unless, of course, you're Park City resident and you're probably going to go for the Epic. Right. But it's, yeah, it's a turf war right now. <laughs> turf war is, is on. And it's, you know, I, again, something we talked about with the folks there at the, at the event is that, you know, is this going to make it tougher for the, the day skier, for the beginner skier to even get out there? Because, you know, if you're, are you going to be able to drop 120 bucks on a lift ticket? And if you're a beginner, you know, and you're going to get rentals in there. Like you're, you're dropping over $200 with rentals and, and the lesson and their lift ticket. Yeah. You know, that's, that's a lot to ask of people. And how do you get people in there getting started, getting excited and uh, making it cost effective? That's, and do, but do they care? You know, is that even necessary? So yeah, sure. Like, you know, how's that working there? Yeah. But you know, it's, it, 
it provides some cool options, but it also, you know, provides some, some questions. So, you know, this is gonna be the first year of the icon. So now we have two legit rivals for, uh, for past selection and we'll see how it plays out. It'll be cool to see if, if they actually all release their, their numbers of how many they sold. So yeah, I'm sure that's going to end the year, right? They're going to be like, well, they're going to do how many they sold and then how many visits they get from the passes. It's going to be interesting. Yeah. Some great data that we're going to be able to absorb at the yeah. end of the season. So we can geek out in the summer then and look at that kind of stuff. And that's, that's summer geek out. That's right. We can focus on skiing while it's cold and snowy. Right. Cool. So yeah. So it was a cool event. Uh, you know, great food, really nice people. Made some good contacts and really enjoyed going. So trying to get involved in more of these, get the word out there, spread the spread the podcast to, to new listeners and hopefully get some some more interesting people to interview and new topics and just to get us get us out there. That's the plan. Yeah. I'm glad you got to go and uh seems like it was well worth going and uh everybody was kind of nice, right? Yeah, so. for sure. Definitely. So thank you everyone who uh, chatted with me and for taking the time. So appreciate it. And if you want to hit us up or have any other information, check us out. Skibonepodcast.com. Under the ropes. First story. Ikea wants to 3D print your butt. (laughs) What? They want to 3D print your butt. Nice. They just want a picture of your ass. Probably. So uh, maybe for their clone army. I don't know. The Swedish yeah, clone was, army. Who knows what they're going to do with those three butts? Think of that. Yeah, there's... Uh, well, according to this story, what they're going to do is they're collaborating between educational esports group Area Academy and 3D printing medical company Unix. And they're trying to develop a highly customized prototype chair to develop ergonomic equipment for better gaming experience for the 2 billion gamers around the world. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I mean, you ever have a gaming chair? One of those Never little... have, no. I got one. I uh, had one for a while when I was in uh, New Jersey because I was playing games a lot. I saw a cheap one, and they actually are pretty cool because like, they are, like, I guess, circular, like half-moon-shaped. And you sit in it like a cradle, like it's almost like a little baby, um, like a uh, what are the bassinet? Yeah, and you just sit in it and you like rock back and forth and you and you game and it's like it's it's very comfortable. Oh, so definitely something to be said for those gaming chairs because if you're sitting there for hours playing, it's like everything you know gets out of whack sitting in that same position. So yeah, saying the average gamer spends about six hours a week playing games. That seems low. Well, that's the average gamer. Yeah. If you're if you're a kid from about twelve to seventeen, you probably spend about that much a day. <laughs> yeah, originally I thought it was six hours a day. I was like, holy crap. Yeah. Um so they're saying yeah, it doesn't matter if it's PCs or iPhones, you know, or consoles. Uh, it's usually a primarily seated experience. So they're trying to get these custom chairs. Which is, and they started with a, a hydro or hydraulic stool, which hmm. sits atop a two-panel mesh platform that's been three D printed to conform perfectly to the contours of someone's butt. 
So what are they going to name it? Is it like in a hufu flugel? Like uh, that's what I want to know. Yeah. That's more importantly. I just want to know what name they're going to give it. Fanny Holden. Oh, Fanny Holden. The button flugel. <laughs> the button Holden. Button Holden. Yeah. That's pretty good. Button Holden's pretty good. Yeah. Be like a million parts that you have to assemble. Yeah. <laughs> yeah they're saying they want to have it out within the next uh, two years, and yeah, like twenty twenty. And the other saying that, you know, the video game market is like a $137 billion industry now. Wow. You know, esports alone are projected to grow to become a $2.3 billion industry by 2022. Damn. So fueled by titles like Overwatch, DOTA2, and Fortnite. We're, Everybody's uh, playing Fortnite now. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Playing on their phone, they played on like Xbox, plays everything. It's like all Fortnite right now. There's a rise of dedicated stadiums specifically built to allow thousands of people to watch pros play video games. Wild. So Ikea is just trying to get on board for the next big trend. And I think this, this, you know, custom furniture for gamers is a a pretty potentially lucrative market. So they're going for it. You got to get in there before the people that designed the bench chairs for soccer get in there. Oh, you ever see those things? Yeah. They're ridiculous. Well, the thing is too, like what if you're like a gamer and you keep getting fatter and fatter because you're sitting at your computer for hours and hours a day? Like, are you going to buy a new chair like every year? Fatter chair, man. Or is the chair going to be able to grow with you? You get the button holding and then you have to get the, the grosser button holding. You got to get the bigger one, you know? Yeah, I guess there's going to be probably some, I think they're probably going to cater towards the larger, larger uh, comic book guy. A sized human. That physique, physique right? That's that's the go the go to. Is that no? What there's there's exomorph and there's endomorph. Is there is there another one too? Mes, mesomorph. That, mesomorph is the triangle, right? That's the person that's in shape. Are they? Because like exo, I oh, I always mess them up. I think isn't exomorph like a Russell Brand character? Okay, it's like so there. Did you They're calling them apple, banana, pear, and hourglass. All right. That's definitely a, an apple definitely, then, right? Definitely not a uh, helpful thing. Yeah. Oh, here it is. There's three types. Yeah, this is what I'm looking for. So there's an ectomorph, which is like a skinny person. Right, like, like a Russell Brand. Russell Brand. There's a mesomorph, which is like, you know, a person in shape, the, the athletic you know, big shoulders, small waist type of person. That's me. And then there's the endomorph, which it's funny. You look at the ectomorph and the endomorph and you're like, all you do is make it wider. <laughs> so yeah. it's just bigger, bigger arms. Like, yeah. So the endomorph would be the, the one that probably the gamer body fits into their, their lifestyle a little bit better. Yeah. You would suspect. Yeah. But I'm sure there's like some study that there's always out, outliers, yeah. Twenty different types, you know. So if you want that custom gamer chair, look out for it at your local IKEA. Endomorph. That's definitely endomorph. All right, you want to finish us off then this week? All right. So there's a Maryland crab rest- restaurant responded to a uh, PETA uh, billboard by putting up one of its own. That's what we talked about last week. Yeah, we were talking about the Go Vegan one. Yeah. Uh, that Peter put up. So now Jimmy's famous seafood in Baltimore, Maryland, 
erected its own billboard reading uh, steamed crabs here to stay, get famous. And it's Steve M.E. from Maryland, steamed crabs here to stay, get famous. And um, Peter wants, uh, <laughs> it's incredible. So the capital M.E. references billboards put up by PETA um, near several Baltimore seafood restaurants telling Maryland residents, I'm me, not me. So M.E. <laughs> Maine. And see the individual go vegan next to the picture of the crab. All right. So then um, Jimmy's decided to, they took offense to it, and they, um, which was put up just before the Baltimore Seafood Festival, which happened later in the month. So small business owners were like, we got to defend our livelihood from this unprovoked attack. And, um, you know, because they built the landmarks, big business, it's a big festival. Um, so they decided to um, put a, put this in response to that. So, you know, good for them. But yeah. I, it's a, like, I kind of like these like old school, like billboard wars going on. Yeah. They're like, <laughs> oh, it's funny. <laughs> it's funny like on the article too because there's a sub article that says <laughs> main officials denied Peter request to erect a gravestone in memory of lobsters who died in a truck crash so I mean, so this story is Peter. <laughs> there's people starving all over the country and this is their priority <laughs> yeah so main officials on Thursday denied a recent request from uh, Peter to erect a memorial to remember the lobsters that were lost in a crash last week. So they hoped to erect a five-foot gravestone to memorialize the countless sensitive crustaceans who were killed during the August 22nd crash in Brunswick. So police said 7,000 pounds of live lobsters were destroyed and expected more than 4,500 lobsters died in the crash. I'll never forget where I was that day. That's right. We'll never forget them. So... That's what they wanted to, to do with their time and have, and I guess they wanted somebody to erect it. Like if you can get the land, you put it up, I guess. But I guess they were petitioning the local government to put it up. So <laughs> they're like, yeah, no, nah, we got real things. We got to spend money on. Nah, you know, you know how fast I get unelected <laughs> if, if I put funds for that, you know? Yeah. I love the uh the picture of Jimmy's famous seafood that the Instagram post they have. And it said found some photos of at PETA, people eating tasty animals. Ah. <laughs> uh, they do look uh, delicious. They do look really good. This is like I could just imagine just the the piss and vinegar coming out of the the PETA folks seeing this. I guess what happens is, is, you know, one little incident escalates into a bigger incident, escalates into a bigger reaction because, you know, some people like to get out of hand. And I'm sure the people at Jimmy's were just like, whatever, we just want you to go away. We want to do it. Yeah. Sure I like the people are like, we're not letting this go. So I like the one comment in the, it says, does everyone understand that blue crabs are just seagoing bugs? PETA won't let me even eat a bug. <laughs> Yeah, it's like lobsters are part of the roach family, right? Yeah, right. So they were trying to get yeah. rid of them back in the day. That's what they fed the poor people. Yeah. And now it's a deluxe luxury meal. Yeah. Oh. Uh, life's funny like that, isn't it? 
And I love like all the comments, like people like there's no other protein to eat and blah, blah, blah. Like it's just like you just get comments from both sides about like, you know, pro PETA, anti PETA. And it's just like, it is fun just to read the comments. Oh yeah. It's brutal. I had a friend that I always used to go on and just put these crazy comments just to piss people off. Nothing like seen or anything, but just like just to trolling. trigger off, just troll. And I thought you you get kicked off the board all the time. <laughs> I was oh, like, ah, that's all right. It's fine. Yeah. Just gets people wound up. Uh, is that Victor? No, that was Gary. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you get caught, kicked off of like the, the news, new NJO or whatever it was. Oh, God. It was awesome. He's like, watch this. And I was watching him one day. He's like, yeah, when he posted, he posted something stupid, like, you know, ha ha ha, that's the funniest comment I ever heard. And it was like something serious. And the person just went ballistic. <laughs> He's like, yeah, I don't really care. I just wanted to see what you would say. <laughs> That's why we can't have nice things. And then he got the, you have been kicked out by the administrator. Mm. <laughs> like, Oops. Oh, man. All right. Well, that wraps up the podcast this week. Thank you all so much for listening. Check us out at skibonepodcast.com. Hit us up with an email, skibonepodcast at gmail.com. We're on the socials. Twitter.com slash Skibum Podcast, Instagram.com slash Skibum Podcast, Facebook.com slash Skibum Podcast. We are on Pinterest as Highfalutins and on SoundCloud as Highfalutin dash Skibum. I'm going to Pinterest right now. I'm pinning. Do it. So, with that, we will see you guys next week. Stay high, stay polluting. See ya.